I'm Tanner Scott, and you are listening to Secrets to Scale. If you want to scale your business, you've come to the right place because this podcast is all centered around hearing successful stories from successful people and uncovering their secrets to scaling their businesses. This week on the show, Nick Foy from Silverdale Technology joins me to discuss why it's so important to choose the right technology for your business vision. If your business is running on spreadsheets, then you're going to get a ton of value from this episode. Welcome to the show, Nick. I'm really excited to have you. Tell us who you are and what you do. Sure. So uh, my name is Nick Foy. I'm the CEO, founder, and chief evangelist at Silverdale Technology. Um, my my job really is to help lead our team to uh, help our clients to grow and scale. So, so how did your career get started? What's your story? Uh, well, you know, I can tell by my gray hair, uh, my story is quite a long one, but uh, essentially my story started just like every good Scots person does. Uh, I actually started working at a whiskey distillery uh, when I was just 16 years old. So, um, you know, my career started in whiskey and stayed there for quite a long time. Um, and, you know, my career really started uh, in production, manufacturing, supply chain, um, I did lots of different roles there, but one of the best things about uh, that uh, backstory is uh, for most of my time uh, at the whiskey distillery, I was actually on the uh, whiskey tasting team uh, for most <laughs> of that. Um, and I have to say there are certain days where I hark back to, why can't I just go taste whiskey all day? I used to enjoy doing that. <laughs> um, you know, so uh, fun memories. But, but really, that was, that's really my background. I did six and a half years there. Uh, as I say, in production, manufacturing, supply chain was my thing. Um, and then really kind of followed that route for quite a number of years. And still, I until I started getting into um, kind of ERP projects, uh, was, you know, uh, in several different companies and working with technology and always got kind of really into the technology side of the business um, and how things really work in the background. And, you know, uh, did some consulting uh, for a while with Capgemini, again, really good way of bridging uh, kind of the real world um, background and the technology side. And then worked for Amazon uh, as well, led a business and technical team at Amazon um, for, uh, for five years and then uh, started Silverdale Technology uh, three years ago. Awesome, man. That's quite the story. So how many years were you in the whiskey business? Six and a half. So do you ever go back to that that time and think, you know, maybe you would have hoped that you got into technology sooner? Do you Would you change anything about that path? Well, I think, you know, again, uh, you know, giving a little bit too much information away here, but given my gray hair, uh, when I started at the whiskey distillery, of course, we didn't have email. <laughs> <I can't laughs> That's a good point. I don't know why I would talk about that. <laughs> so, 
we didn't even have email. So, you know, doing an implementation of, uh, of email at the time felt like, you know, rocket science. Uh, never mind ERP, uh, just doing email and spreadsheets at the time felt like, uh, you know, a huge leap forward for from where we were. Um, and, you know, and we actually did do uh, an ERP implementation at Glenmorangie Labs there as well. But, um, you know, I, I think I was always really kind of, I personally very interested in the technology side, but, you know, I was having far too much fun, uh, you know, in warehouses and production lines, to be quite honest, uh, to be that bothered about it back in the day. Fair enough. I'm a, I'm a little naive to the subject because I've put my whole life at, you know, being a young guy, just technology has always been there. Right. So it's, it's hard for me to imagine life without it. Right. Yeah, yeah, and you know, Tara, it's a really good point because uh, what's really interesting for me as well, even at this stage of my career, right, is um, it's really exciting to see what has happened over the last, I guess, 30 years since I've, I've been working. What's, I think, more interesting is what's going to happen in the next 30 years? What, you know, what's it, what, what things are going to be around in 30 years' time that you don't recognize uh, as being around? And that, for me, is just terribly exciting. You know, I, I was saying, uh, having the same conversation with my team just the other week about, you know, spending time on the shop floor with a, one of our clients about how the users were interacting with their ERP system was really interesting because, you know, when we gave them tablets on the shop floor, for example, for the first time, a lot of the workers on the shop floor, again, younger generation, the first thing they did was they touched the screen rather than touching the keyboard. Now, that is, a, I would say, a very recent phenomenon, right, in production, is that, you know, you know, not even people of my generation, the first thing they would have done is grab the mouse or the keyboard, right? The first thing they did was touch the screen and move things around on the screen. And that was a real eye-opener for me. Wow, okay, you know something? We, something has shifted in the last few years I hadn't realized, you know? Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think it's just insane to think about where technology is going to be in 30 years from now because... Every single day, it's advancing way more than the day before, right? So it, I think we're in for a treat for sure. So Nick, what was it like going out on your own, starting your business? What were some obstacles that you faced during that time? Well, what was it like? It was damn scary. Uh, so, uh, you know, making the leap from uh, the corporate world, which, you know, let's let's face it, uh, you know, is, is fairly comfortable. Okay, you know when your next wage is going to be and you know, you know, uh, you know what you're doing and you know everybody in the company and, you know, if it all goes wrong, it's it's not on you, right? Um, so starting your own company without a doubt is, uh, is definitely a scary experience. Um, you know, having the... Uh, confidence to do that. I've always wanted to run my own business. I just had no idea what it was going to be, um, you know, and the reality was actually all of my experience in both, you know, operations, manufacturing, and also the technology side, it all kind of came together, to be honest, as to, you know something, this is what I'm really good at. Um, and I, I do what I'm really good at. Um, and we're building a company uh, here at Silverdale Technology, um, which is based around what I'm really good at. Um, and I'm hiring people now in my, into my team who are better than me at specific things that uh, I think I'm really good at. Um, and, it, and that's really exciting too. Um, and I think, you know, answering the second part of the question, one of the biggest challenges, um, one of the biggest challenges is actually finding those people, um, hiring the right talent, uh, A, finding it in the first place, but then hiring it and keeping it um, is is a is a real real challenge, 
Um, and I know everyone's struggling uh, with recruitment, um, you know, post COVID, it seems like, you know, I don't know, you know, what happened to a third of our workforce um, seems to have disappeared somewhere because uh, it's even more of a challenge now than it ever used to be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, right now, especially in manufacturing, like that, I, I'm assuming that's the majority of your clients there in manufacturing. That's where they're getting hit the worst, right? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And of course, you know, the, the savvy manufacturers out there um, and even in the supply chain world and, and a lot of other businesses, of course, are heavily investing in, in automation and ways of uh, removing that headcount in the future because, you know, quite frankly, it's not about, you know, uh, you know, trying to take workforce out of these businesses. Right, yeah. You can't hire them. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just that's, not reality of it. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, for a while there, everyone was like, oh, no, technology is going to take our jobs from us, right? But no, those jobs need to be filled and the automation right. is what's going to keep the production afloat and supply yeah. chains churning and things, you know, arriving on time and keeping up with demand, right? That's it. Exactly right. Exactly right. And, you know, clients, you, me as consumers and other, you know, clients are are much more demanding than we ever used to be. Oh, yeah. So no one's going to listen to, oh, it's going to be a two-week lead time anymore. You know, two weeks, two weeks, oh, my God, the world's going to change in two weeks. No one wants to hear any of that anymore. Right. And we have Amazon to thank for that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that was actually the last project I worked on at Amazon uh, was the one and two hour delivery service, Amazon Prime Now, and uh, I was responsible for building the delivery part of that um, uh, back in the early days, and uh, it's kind of interesting, I can talk about my career, how I started in the whiskey industry, um, and with a you know, 12 to 16 year lead time. Uh, and then at Amazon, I was working on a one hour delivery lead time. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of interesting to work at both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that was quite the undertaking as well. Yeah. So, so today we're talking about, you know, why it's important to choose the right tech uh, for your business vision. Um, why do you think this is important, Nick? Well, actually, I, the reason I think it's so important is because in order to grow and scale your business, you can't be thinking about technology. Um, the, the reality, unless you're a technology business, okay, that's what you're building. Um, but for you know most businesses, that certainly the, the clients that we work with, you know, technology is very much you know not what they want to focus on, and they want to focus on you know creating great products. They want to focus on markets and building markets and customer experience and product experience and new product development, and getting into the market quicker and faster, and you know doing something really exciting with whatever widget it is that they're manufacturing. The last thing they want to be worrying about is how do I pay vendors? How do I, you know, how do I manage my inventory? How do I manage opportunities through CRM? You know, these are the things that you don't realize as you grow in scale that actually can hold you back um, and consume so much of your time, either as, you know, a business owner, entrepreneur, or as a COO or something of, of, that, of that nature. So much of your time is just spent on what I call kind of niff-naff and trivia, right? That the stuff that, Quite frankly, you just shouldn't be worried about. Um, and try and having the right technology. Um, most companies look at 
what technology do I need to help solve this problem? Normally too late um, in reality, right? Because you're already trying to grow and scale and now you can't, why not? Because my technology is not keeping up with me. Okay, guess what? You should have made that decision two years ago, right? Um, so we frequently find ourselves um, kind of bouncing up against, you know, clients who say, I need something, I need it right now. Um, you know, I'm trying to grow and I can't, right? Um, we've got too many processes that take too long. Our data is all in 10 different places, right? Our Excel spreadsheets are a mess, right? Um, you'd be surprised, or probably not surprised, how many times we hear, you know, um, you know, Excel, you know, I've got, this is in Excel, and this is in Salesforce, and this is in something else, and this is in something else, and, you know, uh, customer changes their phone number, and guess what? It's changed to one place, but never anywhere else. No one's ever got the right details. So, you know, things like, you know, uh, that real specific example, changing a customer's phone number, well, that can cost you sales. If no one can reach the customer, no one knows how to get a hold of someone. Or, you know, there's a follow-up that didn't happen, right? A, a return call that didn't happen, right? With all these different disparate systems, or God forbid, you're trying to manage it through email, even the, the worst of all ERP systems is Outlook. Um, you know, if you're trying to manage all this through there, guess what? It's never going to happen, right? Never going to happen. You're never going to grow and scale a business on Excel, okay? Great for managing your household budget, terrible for running a business on, right? Um, you know. One of the first projects that we did as a company, okay, um, was Project Mega, M-E-G-A, make Excel go away, right? That was and I, and I believe that every single company in the world needs to have a Project Mega, right? Um, you know, I, hand on heart, I can honestly say, with the exception of when we've had to share stuff with, with clients, I can't remember the last time we used an Excel spreadsheet in our company, okay? And that's not because we use Google Sheets. We don't use Google Sheets either, right? Um, you know, we do not use Excel in, a, in this company. And that, I speak to our clients and they're like, their minds are just blown by that. What, what do you mean you don't use Excel, right? It's like, well, why would I? Why would I use Excel to do any of this? Because all my information is in all in one place. So, you know, Excel is a, is a terrible choice. Uh, and I... I've been there, right, uh, for years. You know, I was an Excel pro and, you know, I was building macros and, oh, VLOOKUPs and, you know, HLOOKUPs. You know, you, I, yeah, I can do all that as well, right? But guess what? It is not a way to build a business. It really isn't in this day and age. Um, and the other thing about the technology, not just Excel and, you know, Microsoft got a great product there, but, um, you know, but uh, I'm glad to see it's starting to, you know, die of a death. Um, the other thing with technology as well and selecting the right technology is, you know, you can select the right technologies as well, right? And you end up with, you know, before you know it, you've got 15 different systems, you know, whether it's CRM, inventory, now you've got chatbots, now you've got a website running on WordPress, and you've got a, you know, Shopify web store, and you've got payments happening on Stripe, and you've got, you know, suddenly, you, you know, if you look at your number of logins that you've got, Right now, now you've got 15, 20 logins you're trying to keep a keep a note of. And guess what? None of those damn things talk to each other. So now you've got to have something else. So now you've got a Zapier or a CSV files or something to try and get control of this mess. And when you get to that point, that's when you've got to take a step back and say, whoa, what am I doing? This is not scalable. This is not going to help me build my business. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with that. Um, I've witnessed firsthand businesses that use excel for literally everything and you know i'm going to disagree with you a little bit about excel i think it does have 
you know, a time and place for certain things, but definitely not operating your whole business on it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so do you have an example of a startup choosing the wrong tech for their vision or is the real issue that they aren't really using tech at all? Yeah, I think, you know, difficult for me to give an example of where they're using the wrong tech. Um, I think, uh, I think we've got kind of numerous examples of where, to be honest, most of our clients get to a position where it's just got out of hand, right? Um, where it's just one thing on top of something else, bolted onto something else, bolted onto something else. And this happens with all the best of intentions. Um, you know, and again, every client that I speak to um, says, well, you know, if we knew where we would ended up, we'd never have made the same decisions, right? Um, you know, this is, this is definitely not where we want to be. And that's, and that's why they engage us, I guess, uh, to help them with that. Um, but, you know, I think where we, again, where we normally see this issue occurring is where, you know, it just becomes years and years of what seemed like really good decisions and rational decisions at the time. But then in totality, the whole thing now just doesn't make any sense. And, you know, and I would say, you know, probably uh, I'm going to put my neck out here and say, you know, probably 80% of businesses out there, uh, if they really just step back and look at their infrastructure and their architecture of what they're using, they'll be pretty horrified. Um, you know, when you start doing an inventory of exactly, well, okay, what systems are we using, right? Um, you know, you think it's 10, it's probably 30, right? So, so I, I realize this is a very generalized question, but if you were to start a new business right now, what would your tech stack be and why? Yeah, well, I'm a little bit biased because, um, you know, we are a uh, an Odoo silver partner. Um, so we, <laughs> so I am biased and say that on day one of starting my company, uh, we used Odoo. Um, and uh, I would encourage everybody to use the same thing. Um, now, you know, is it going to do everything for you uh, on day one? Probably not. Um, but certainly, I think the sooner you can get everything into one place, the better, whether it's Odoo, whether it's, you know, another ERP. Um, it does, you know, in the early days, it probably doesn't really matter which one you choose, quite frankly. Um, just choose one of them, right? Um, and, you know, for me, I think the Odoo system uh, is easy to get into. It's easy to scale. It's easy to bolt on and add more modules within Odoo, um, you know, as you go and grow and scale and no more um, than you did on day one. So, you know, certainly for me, I would always recommend right at the start is, you know, right out of the boat, get, get into your, your ERP. Yeah, for sure. So is there, is there anything that you've ever had a hard time getting clients to stop using Excel for? Um, normally, uh, normally the answer that I would say is no. Um, you know, once we, once we uh, kind of show the value of having everything in one place, once we show the value of a single source of truth, now that single source of truth has been like a panacea of the IT industry for, you know, at least 30 years that I've been involved, um, you know, but being able to look at a customer contact, for example, and being able to see, um, well, how many help desk tickets have they raised this, this month? How many invoices are outstanding? What's their balance? What sales order? What quotations? What opportunities do I have? How many meetings are set up with this customer? You know, just seeing all that all in one place, you know, that, that in most companies would take 
someone probably a couple of hours to go and chase it from you know 10 or 12 different different systems whereas you know again you know within within Odoo and I'm kind of selling Odoo here and that wasn't my intention um, but you know again just seeing everything in one place the value of that is huge just from an efficiency perspective but also from a service perspective as well um, and you know even areas where uh, you know you think that Excel would rule things like you know, uh, you know, actions from meetings or things like, you know, inventory or, you know, and then doing an inventory count, you know, things like that, you know, there are just so much, there are so much many better ways of doing it these days, um, yeah. quite honestly, right? Back in the day, I'll tell you, you know, 15 years ago, um, there probably wasn't much of a better way, quite frankly, right? right. Um, yeah. There really wasn't. Um, now there are just so many other options. Um, you'd be kind of crazy not to try them. Yeah, yeah, and I and I agree with you, and I think it it's a major obstacle for founders that have been around for a long time, right? Because you know they they're accustomed to their old ways, right? They don't they don't like change, even though change is good for them, right? <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. You'd be surprised, uh, you know. I, uh, some people try and tell me that, uh, oh yeah, no, I love change. Yeah, change is a great thing. Is that okay? Try, uh, try eating your dinner with your knife and fork in the opposite hands. Let's see how, let's see how you cope with change now, right? Uh, you're going to be very hungry, <laughs> that's my guess. Uh, you know, so uh, I, I don't think anyone really likes change, uh, you know, regardless of what they say. Um, you know, so best thing is to build those systems and processes and mechanisms, use the right tools up front, uh, and then you don't have to change. <laughs> yeah, easier said than done, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, 100%, 100%. Uh, you know, that reinforcement and the, you know, constantly, you know, challenging people to, to do new things in new ways is, is, it's a, you know, it's a big challenge for us, you know, um, when we're running ERP implementation projects, actually, probably only, you know, we reckon 20 to 30% of the effort is technical. Um, the rest is all business process and change management and people. Um, that's the reality of our projects. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, completely do a 180 on everyone and everyone has to adapt to a new process and system and all that stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of education involved in that. Yeah, huge amount. So Nick, what would you say your secrets to scale are? Well, I think consistency uh, is definitely one of them. Um, and with consistency uh, being predictable as well. Um, and I think building processes that uh, work um, and, you know, mechanisms that work uh, time and time again, and don't just work with what you're building today, but building them to work, you know, at 10, 20 X um, is really important. So what, you know, again, going, you know, poor old Excel is getting beaten up today by me, but uh, you know, if something's working on Excel when you're doing, I don't know, a hundred orders a day, what does that look like when you're doing a thousand orders a day? What does it look like when you're doing 10,000 orders a day? Right. Yeah, and if it doesn't work at scale, then it doesn't work. Okay. Um, so we're really, really kind of thinking ahead um, and getting everybody to think the same way. Um, you know, like, you know, challenge it. I challenge my team to say, well, this is great. I'm glad you did that. But how does that look like with 50 customers, with 100 customers, with in 20 different countries? What does that look like, right? And yeah. suddenly what you come up with, it doesn't look so good anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's excellent advice. You know, I think if any, anyone listening to this should take a hard look at their systems, uh, you know, what would happen if you 10 extra volume tomorrow? Um, what does right. that look like from 
a management and efficiency perspective um, could really get you thinking about, you know, where your weaknesses are in your processes and, you know, what solutions are out there for, you know, helping you make sure that you are scalable because the last thing you want to deal with when you're experiencing a lot of growth is a lot of pain internally trying to just keep track of everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, you know, your, your growth becomes linear with cost, right? Cause you just end up now hiring somebody else now to manage the Excel spreadsheet. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, and that, that's just what it looks like. And what you've got to think about is, how do you grow and scale a business? Fine, that's one thing. But how do you grow and scale a business profitably is an entirely different question. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Nick, I really want to thank you for taking the time to do this interview with me today. Is there anything that I did not ask you that you think might benefit the audience? You know, I don't think so. I think we covered a lot there. Um, I think the main point uh, from my side is really to think about, you know, what does it look like at 10, 20x of where you are today? Think long-term. Don't accept um, processes that you know are not going to scale. Um, you know, and whether it's, a, whether it's a technology solution, whether it's a physical business process, doesn't really matter. Um, if it isn't going to work at 10 to 20x, you're never going to achieve your goal. Um, and the sooner you think about that, realize that, deal with it, actually, the, the, the easier it will be. The longer you leave it, the much more difficult it's actually going to get. So really, really do be careful and think ahead uh, is kind of what I'd leave you with. Yeah, yeah, no question. Um, and, and I agree with your point about processes being very incredibly important to scaling. But these days, you can't really have processes without technology. So that definitely deserves some proper attention. Absolutely. So, Nick, what's a great way for anyone listening to get in contact with you? Yeah, they can contact me through our website, which is silverdilltech.com. Uh, my email is nick at silverdilltech.com. Uh, that's the easiest way to get, get ahead of me. Awesome, man. We'll, we'll be sure to link that up in the show notes. And thanks again, Nick. Great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Seekers to Scale. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss another episode. This episode is sponsored by Ranksy Digital Marketing. If you need any help at all growing your business online, we would love to help you. Just visit our website at ranksy.com. That's R-A-N-K-S-E-Y.com.